Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. John is in a basement mixing up the medicine. I'm on a pavement thinking about the government. A man in a trench coat batch out laid off. Says he's got a bad cough, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid. It's something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway looking for a new friend. A man in a coonskin cap in a pig pen wants $11 bills. You only got 10. How old is uh, Dylan today again? 73? He's 80. 80. Eight, uh, 82. Oh, wow. Bob Dylan, 82. Happy birthday to one of the all-time greats. I love this song, Bob Dylan. So, you know, my daughter Ava hasn't been feeling well. I spent five hours in the hospital with her yesterday, and Danielle was there last night. And she's got some type of bacterial infection. They don't even know what it is. This is really um, frustrating. Got these big-time doctors led by Dr. Mark Siegel at NYU. They don't even know what it is. But they pumped her with a whole bunch of antibiotics. She actually stayed overnight last night. I'll get there this afternoon again. She's basically been sick since she's been home from college for like three weeks. So um, I said to Danielle, I said, we got to call Dr. Nicole Sapphire. She's not just a TV star and lovely and all that stuff. She's a great doctor. And Danielle spent time on the phone with Nicole. Nicole had some great suggestions. I mean, great. And I think Nicole may have very well nailed what's going on, but we, we still can't seem to get anything official from the doctors. So here she is, star from Fox News, great author, Make America Healthy Again, and a tremendous doctor, and my friend, most of all, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Dr. Nick, how are you? Hey, Sid. So happy to be on with you, but so sorry to hear that you're yeah. still dealing with it all. And we don't know. I mean, uh, there was a doctor yesterday from the um, infectious disease, because she's got, you know, these uh, things on her ear and, and all that, and uh, it didn't matter. They, they, they still don't have a... They haven't been able to figure out exactly what it is. And that's, you know, that's for a parent, that's very frustrating. Very. Yeah, well, it's scary. You know, the unknown is terrifying. And as parents, we like to be in control. And when, you know, you actually have to relinquish control in these circumstances, and it's really hard to do. But in the meantime, while she's getting, she stayed overnight because, as of course, you know, IV antibiotics are much stronger than a pill or even an injection. No matter what she has, the antibiotics in this case Makes sense because she's uncomfortable, yes, and there's an infection there somewhere. Possibly. Um, you know, we they believe there's an infection. There are things that can mimic an infection. And also, you know, if it's a viral infection, their antibiotics aren't going to do anything for it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of my concerns is that is it a, you know, a post-infection inflammatory response. So, listen, are being on antibiotics a bad thing? You know, probably not because we don't know what's going on. You know, when when we don't know what's going on, just think of early COVID. We're just like, all right, we're just going to throw a sink at you because we don't really know what to do. Right. So that makes sense, you know. But um, hopefully, you know, if they rule out a bacterial infection, they'll roll back those antibiotics because, as you know, there's a lot of overutilization of antibiotics, which yes. is why we have antibiotic resistance. That's true. Well, thank you for uh, speaking with me and Danielle. She loved talking to you. And thank you for texting us and, and asking. We really appreciate it, Nicole. So thank you. Now, my front... I don't know what the hell is going on with me. I must have maybe a herniated disc or I've got some issue because now I've made an appointment at the hospital for special surgery in July because I can't get out of bed with my knees hurting me, my feet and hands. They've been going numb for the better part of six months now. 
and uh, I'm having all kinds of issues walking up and down stairs. And you know me, Nicole, I'm in great shape. I work out. I got a body like an Adonis. I can't walk. So now I've got my own issues coming up. As Adonis-like as you may be, we all are getting older. Let's keep that in mind. But it does certainly sound like you have something going on with your spine. As you know, my husband, being a neurosurgeon, that's his area of expertise. But it sounds like, first things first, you need an MRI from the top down, cervical down to the lumbar spine. I mean, unfortunately, those disc herniations, especially when you're active and you've been an athlete like yourself, I mean, those tend to come later in life. And Fortunately, there's a lot of things we can do other than surgery to try and decrease right. that inflammation. Um, obviously, we want to hold off on surgery as long as possible, but sometimes surgery really can just be curative. Oh, God, no. I want to go see your husband. Can I go see him? I'm serious. I mean, he's the best in the business, and uh, this is going on for about two months, and I don't want to get surgery. You know, I, I know I'm all for, you know, the, uh, what do you call those places, um, you know, the therapy. What do you call that? Um, physical therapy. Physical yes. Therapies, physical therapy and non-steroidal anti-inflammatories are wonderful for that kind of stuff. But sometimes you really do need surgery. So oh. you get the MRI, you bring me the MRI, I look at the MRI, and I'll tell you what I think, and okay. then we'll go from there. All right. So I'm going to do that uh, sooner than later because I need to get them. I'm, I'm really on, I can't sleep at night. Now what's happened is the pain is basically starting uh, by my butt on the right side, right down to my ankle, all night long. I got to keep changing sleeping positions because I'm in awful pain. So that's the end of the Rosenbergs, Ava and Sydney. Now we'll get to some of the stuff out there that society is dealing with. And I read something yesterday, Nicole, that the CDC is warning of an of an a monkeypox resurgence. Is that true? Well, so, well, monkeypox never went away. Just like a lot of these infectious diseases, we learn to live with them. And while they kind of go dormant in certain times of year, um, especially when the weather gets warmer and you have a lot of people gathering, especially when monkeypox tends to be, has a higher uh, prevalence in homosexual individuals, uh, you're entering Pride Month. And just like last year, we saw a large amount of cases circulating during that time. Do I expect that we're going to have a bump in cases? Yeah. I sure do. Uh, thankfully, uh, monkeypox, um, you know, people are more educated on it now, and you have the community is a little bit more aware. Some have been vaccinated against it. Some have some immunity at this point. And, you know, just like other sexually transmitted illnesses, um, you know, it's something to be aware of, and they need to be mindful of it. I have to tell you that over the years, Nicole, since covid uh, me personally, and don't get angry with me, but I've lost all confidence in the CDC. I don't care what they say. WHO, forget about it. So the WHO comes out, I believe, yesterday and says the next pandemic, even deadlier than COVID, is coming. Now, A, why would they say that? A headline like that is shorter to cause panic, especially in New York where people are still wearing masks, these morons. And secondly, what kind of scientific proof do they have that makes that so absolute? Well, listen, since the Spanish flu a century ago, they have been saying the world needs to prepare for another pandemic. Well, they're right in theory. Yes, we have yeah. COVID at some point. Yeah. So by saying there's going to be another pandemic, well, they're right. There will be at some point. Hopefully it's not in our, our lifetime. And, you know, if history you know goes to show us, it probably won't be in our lifetime. But you never know. And we'll just deal with it at that point. I, I would have loved to have said that 
You know, I really thought that the CDC and the WHO, they also completely failed us. I went into this pandemic with an immense amount of respect for both of those entities. Much of it lost throughout the pandemic. They completely failed in their responses. They allowed politics to be infiltrated, and they lost sight of what is best for the people. Um, And I don't know how we're going to handle the next one. Certainly right now, I have zero confidence. Unless they do a complete overhaul of their institutions, I'm terrified for the world because I don't think that they will handle it at all. And uh, thankfully, a lot of people have become educated on infectious diseases and public health. And I think common sense is going to play a little bit more of a part on the individual moving forward. Um, That really didn't happen this last time. Well, maybe not in New York, though. These people just, uh, they're unbelievable. I mean, they're still wearing masks. 80 degrees, it's sunny. What are you wearing a mask about? Well, what do you, well, unless you're sick or, you're, you know, what are you wearing a mask for? And I got to tell you, you're right, and I'm glad you agreed with me because you're much smarter. WHO, CDC, Anthony Fauci. I had Anthony Fauci on the show with Bernard when he was still alive, God rest his soul, early on. And we were heaping praise on him. He was wrong about everything. And even the teachers' union, you know, those people, Randy Weingarten, Michael Mugru, so many people, Nicole, along the way that failed all of us, all of us. And not to make it political, but Democrats, they still rely on these people. What am I missing? Well, you know, I was thinking about this a lot. And Anthony Fauci approached this pandemic as a 70-something older man, which is the higher risk when it came to COVID. And so he decided to implement his risk factors on the rest of the world when the reality was the majority of the world didn't have nearly as high risk as maybe him or some other people. And I wouldn't say that he was wrong about everything. I think Dr. Anthony Fauci is a very smart individual, but he threw out his basic science knowledge, his common sense, and he censored colleagues that were disagreeing with him so he didn't lose face in front of the public eye. And that was the biggest problem I had. He was too rigid. He may have put out an initial opinion that may, or may, that may have turned out wrong. We do that all the time. That's what science is all about, putting out hypotheses. We just try to prove and disprove them. The problem was he would throw out an hypothesis as though it were fact, right. and then when it would be disproven, he would work to censor any data that disproved what he said. He didn't come back and say, we got it wrong, but thankfully we were able to prove it, and now this is what we're going to do, and he just never did that. And that is the antithesis of what actual science is. Did Andrew Cuomo play a major part in 18,000 elderly people dying from COVID in New York? Yes or no? Uh, listen to me. I-, I wish that last night Rita would have uh, had some of those families, maybe even Janice Dean, to rebuttal what Governor Cuomo was saying about the COVID pandemic. His policies, as I talked about in Panic Attack, my book during COVID, directly resulted in the deaths of innocent Americans. All right, so you're and- a doctor, you're a doctor, and a great cancer doctor, by the way. Great. And you are saying, just to repeat what you just said, and I love Janice Dean. She's a good friend of mine. You are saying 1,000% Cuomo's policies, direct result of 18,000 people dying. And you heard we didn't push back on that. So you think he is guilty. Yes. I think that 
The result of his policies led to innocent lives lost. And it's not just Andrew Cuomo. You also have Phil Murphy. And you have others throughout the country who didn't get as much fanfare as Andrew Cuomo. But Andrew Cuomo most certainly receiving his Emmy Awards, doing his media tours and his book deals and everything else while he was isolating senior citizens. He was keeping them away from their loved ones. And ultimately, he was enacting policies that led to their death. It is devastating what happened, and the fact that we're still giving this man airtime is appalling. 60 seconds to go. I agree with all of it. Uh, The illegals, you may call them migrants. I call them illegals. Thousands and thousands and thousands pouring into all of our cities. 70,000 here in New York from a medical standpoint. Forget about jobs and whether they're dangerous people. From a medical standpoint, we have no idea what they're bringing from these other countries, right? I mean, there's got to be some medical fear, too, as to allowing these unvetted illegals walk amongst our kids and gymnasiums and, and all over our city, yes? We have illness everywhere, but I can tell you that our healthcare system is already strapped, and these migrants that are coming over, they have had long, treacherous journeys and often are requiring extensive medical care, and therefore now all of a sudden our already strapped medical system is needing to care for these migrants, and it is very complex, and it is very expensive, and all of this is now going on the taxpayers. It is all going on the taxpayers, isn't it? People like me and you, right? If we don't already pay enough in taxes. <laughs> I know, exactly. Well, this was a great con- – I mean, you always are great, but this was a, a really great conversation. It's great to have you back. Please keep coming back. Thank you again on a personal note from me and Danielle. And continued success, Fox News, all that stuff. Nicole Sapphire, you're great. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Dr. Nicole Sapphire, Fox News, right here on Sid and Friends in the Morning. What if you could have a career – where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.